Hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. This is your host, as always, from Movie Lovers Unite, John DeGorio, and I just want to sit, talk about something real quick, and that is Audible. What is Audible? I'm so glad that you guys asked. Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audio books, ranging from bestsellers like Anne Rice, Stephen King, the list just goes on. Their whole entire catalog, when it comes down to audiobooks, is just fantastic. If you're on on the road and everything and you want an audiobook and you want to download it fast, go ahead, go to Audible. You're not going to regret it. They actually have a trial right now that you guys can actually jump on. You can actually go on ahead, go to the link, and it'll bring you up to that trial. And a matter of fact, every month, members actually get one credit to pick any title, plus two Audible originals from a monthly selection and access to daily news digest from the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and the Washington Post, as well as guided meditation programs. Another thing too, guys, that's not all they have. They also have, they also have, finish, if you actually want to go ahead and do some things to actually better yourself for 2021, they have stuff for that too, like finishing more books or becoming a better parent, leader, or a person. How-to books, which is something that everybody seems to grab onto a lot lately and everything else. So if you guys are actually looking for something to maybe better yourself for 2021, go on ahead, check out those books as well. They have a big catalog. You guys won't regret it. Go ahead, click on the link below in the description notes. Go on ahead. You guys won't regret it. Sign up for that trial period. And always, until next time, stay safe, guys, and enjoy the show. And God bless. Hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. And with me today, I have Micro Break, uh, aka Michael, and say hello to everyone, Michael. <laughs> Thank you, John. I'm sorry I confused you with my name. It's uh, Micro Break is the okay. podcast, and uh, right. my name is Michael. <laughs> okay. It sounds and like Michael today, Break, doesn't it? <laughs> Maybe we should yeah, change it sounds name. like Michael Break to me. Michael it's Break. And today we're actually talking about Adam Sandler's movie, The Wedding Singer. This movie stars, of course, Adam Sandler, Drew Barrymore. This is actually another one of my favorite um, Adam Sandler movies, aside from Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, The Waterboy. I always liked Adam Sandler films in the early 90s and then a little bit into the late, maybe early 2000s and everything as well. But this movie is just a classic to me. This movie is about a wedding singer who's about to get married. And basically his uh, soon-to-be wife winds up leaving him at the altar, leaving him to be really sour about weddings and how can you actually cope with something ex whenever your whole entire career is built around doing weddings for uh, doing weddings. So there's him having to deal with that. So... Yeah, Terrible, terrible, actually, when you think about it. <laughs> exactly. It is really feel bad. bad for him right out of the gate. <laughs> you definitely feel bad for him. Also, too, I liked how at the very beginning, he's really happy. He's singing, uh, you spin me around. And then it goes into him just making cracks at the guest on the list and everything, too. He goes, hey, put some pants on that kid. And then it goes into... um 
Steve Buscemi's character trying to ruin the wedding and everything too. And Adam Sandler has Robbie has to go in and save the day. And he's like, yeah, but you know, you guys are happy now. You guys look at the way you guys are looking at each other. You guys are going to last for a very long time. We all do yep. foolish things and things like that. It's perfectly fine. And then Steve Buscemi's just all over the place. He saves the wedding because of the, the drunk best man. And, and, <laughs> and being a DJ personally for more than 20 years, as people know, uh, know me as a, you know, from, from, from doing weddings mostly, uh, I can totally relate. I've seen a lot of drunken assholes get up on the microphone and say some terrible derogatory comments and, and embarrass the bride and groom. I've seen worse, actually. I could, could do a whole podcast on the shit that I've seen in, as a DJ from fires to fights between siblings. It's been pretty awesome. <laughs> and these are weddings. <laughs> It's supposed to be happy occasions. Uh, yeah, naked kids being danced around. I've seen it all. Old old women, you know, hitting on young guys, grabbing their ass. Sounds like a Jerry so, Springer episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My life's a Jerry Springer episode. So when I watched this uh, intro, I, I watched the intro portion of the film like five times, honest to God, this week. So I, I got it from a friend because I didn't even own the damn film for some reason. I own a lot of Adam Sandler films, but I didn't own The Wedding Singer. And I remembered it for the most part. But I told you I want to watch it again. So I watched the right. intro a few times over because I was in tears watching Buschetti or Busetti. Uh, oh, he's got to change his yeah. name. Yeah, he, he's great. You know, Boardwalk Empire, New Jersey. Hey, he's a good actor. That was his that was his time. But in this movie, he had a tiny little role, but it was really important because he was an asshole. And Adam Sandler came to his rescue and he he saves the wedding. I mean, he helps the little kid vomiting in the dumpster outside. And then, of course, he has his first interaction with with Drew's character, which was uh, Julia. Yep. And I also liked how he's taking the kid who's drinking too much alcohol and everything, and he's puking, and he goes, yeah, I just couldn't bring himself to puke in front of his family. And, and of course, Julia was like, well, I'm glad that I got to see it. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, she had a pretty dry sense of humor in it, too. But she, you could just tell immediately there was this chemistry. And I love watching that film for the first time. Uh, people sometimes will say, uh, I bet you they get together in the end, I'm thinking to myself, duh, <laughs> the two biggest right, things in the film are going to get together. But like most of these type of films, there's going to be the ups and downs and the ups and the downs. And eventually you're hoping for a happy ending because sad ending films, nobody goes back to watch sad ending films. No. I, so I, I don't. <laughs> so, yeah. So Same. 1998, right? So this movie's, what, 22 years old. And John, you decided you wanted to review it. <laughs> Yeah, this movie is one of those movies that just hits home with me. As a matter of fact, I actually own the movie on DVD. I was like, I know I have this movie. I know I own this movie. So I actually had to dig through some of the Adam Sandler movies I have because I have Big Daddy. I've got uh, Wedding Singer. I've got Billy Madison. And finally, I found the Wedding Singer DVD. So I'm like, okay, I'm good. I went on ahead, popped it in and everything. I rewatched it again like I was watching it at the movie theater all over again. Yeah. So Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it revitalizes it, and then you do it in the comfort of your home. But TVs have gotten so big now that they're almost movie theater size. And some people's homes, they probably are movies theater size, just not in mine. So. Not mine <laughs> but, either, unfortunately. <laughs> and I love, I love anything that's set in the 80s, and I, I think that's what brings me back to see how, how 
accurate it was. Any of the shows that come out, any of the new movies that come out, they're set in the 80s. This movie was in 1985. It was set in 1985. Though some things were not historically accurate or intentionally not accurate, uh, it was still it was still really good. It gave me that vibe. And boy, oh boy, talk about uh, song licensing. There was a ton of good songs in this movie, one after the other. Most definitely. As a matter of fact, I actually own the soundtrack to this movie, too. I actually own Volume 1 and Volume 2 oh, okay. of The Winning Singer. Yeah, so it came yeah. out in two parts, which I thought was so actually all, pretty cool. So all the 80s songs are on it, plus Adam Sandler's original hits yeah. on there? Is that <laughs> yeah, somebody kill me is actually on volume one, which is the oh, real reason why I bought it <laughs> was yeah. because of that song. Uh, <laughs> Douglas Pelo says, What's up? <laughs> yeah, actually, Douglas is my brother. He so when he says, What's up, brother? he actually okay. is my brother. <laughs> okay, cool. That's so cool, yeah, man. what's up, Doug? Doug is a Doug, yeah. Doug is big with movies and film too, I know so. <laughs> Uh, so watching this film again, 1985, and here we are. Of course, he gets the shittiest news from which I think was the hottest chick in the in the entire film, to be honest with you. Too bad she didn't have a bigger role except for ruining his life. She sets the preference for the whole movie. Bottom line is uh, then she's kind of out of it for the most part till towards the end. So, And then, of course, he goes on a tantrum and uh, he's miserable. And then his buddies are there to try to pick him up, but doesn't work very well does it so what else happens john <laughs> okay so another thing that i that i have to say is i i don't really care for um i didn't think the linda actually was that beautiful i thought that julia's sister was hotter than linda that's just me oh, okay okay you yeah. mean uh, you mean the girl that played marcia in uh yeah in the uh movies of the brady bunch yeah, <laughs> I guess I can give you that. I can give you that. Her legs yeah. are a little shorter, but she's she's attractive. <laughs> yeah, she definitely is. Um, but yeah, what I have to say that I thought that was actually funny was the fact that, you know, he winds up, he's excited. He goes on ahead and gets ready for the wedding. It's being he's being prepper, prepped up and all of a sudden he gets that message from uh, Julia's sister uh, no, from his sister, he actually gets the message from. Yeah, from and, his aunt, who had a very yeah. small role. Yeah. yeah. And she said, look, I hate to tell you this, but Linda's not going to make it. What? Was she in a car accident? What happened? And she goes, no, she said that she's not going to marry you. And then she walks out and goes, okay, I understand. And all of a sudden, he goes, do you want me to tell anybody? No, it's okay. Uh, I'll be okay. <laughs> Next thing you know, he just <laughs> throws everything, <laughs> throws everything around. Everybody can hear it. Of and, course, lost it. And Wouldn't you? That's how everybody got the message that <laughs> there's not going to be a wedding that day. <laughs> so, yeah, I think then, the uh, I think that actress was was that Angela Featherstone that played that role, that tiny yeah, little it role. Yeah, it was and, Angela. Not only that, but the guy from Goodfellas is in this movie too. Yeah, I forgot his character's name. name, again? What but was his name? He's uh oh yeah, Frank uh Severo, I think, played Andy in the movie. He's yeah, got the okay, so Andy's his character's painted name. Painted hair. He's like <laughs> black looks like a crayon. Yeah. <laughs> Good old Frank Severo. You know, hey, what do you mean? I won't get the coffee. He always plays the same damn roles in every one of his movies. So he I mean does, he's known but... 
He's he's been in The Godfather Part Two, Ruthless People. He did The Wedding Singer, and but he's mostly known for that not so big role in 1990s. Uh, Franca Carbone's Goodfellas, of course, everybody exactly. knows. Exactly, where he's like, "Hey, you told me to go get the coffee." He goes, "What? What, are you, what the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> yeah, I was just joking, but yeah. Um, so what I liked about this was I thought the comedic timing with uh, Frank and the and Sandler, Robbie's best friend, was really good. He goes, "Yeah, he's like depressed or something. I don't know what, but I'm getting tired of uh, him being down in that basement." <laughs> and then, of course, too, you also have the other thing that actually, when we actually know that there's actually some twist, uh, nipple twisting going on between the sister and, and Frank's character. And then also, too, we see a Billy Idol music video for White Wedding that's playing inside the house. Yeah, it's a little subtle Which, hint right there that Billy Idol's going to be actually in the film as on the plane uh, towards the end as a cameo. By the way, for your listeners, I'm sure they know this by now, but the friggin' movie is 21 years old. Uh, these are all spoilers, folks. So if you haven't seen the film yet, right. I don't know what to tell you. That was exactly. a long time ago. <laughs> a galaxy far away. <laughs> but Exactly. So, but yeah. yeah so, um, oh, go on. No, no. I was just going to say, so I'm kind of like following sort of the timeline of the film. And, of course, uh, we have our... our Boy George uh, sort of look-alike uh, in the film from the, the band uh, Culture Club. Uh, yep. that, role, that role was hysterical, too. Of course, I don't know if... I, I want to say that there was none or very little speaking lines uh, from that role. Now, that, that, that fella is actually played by Alexis Arquette. Uh, actually, Alexis Arquette's like near my age i think it's like 50 and and he assimilates as a girl now so um born in la of course um he was uh robert arquette and was in a variety of different films pulp fiction bride of chucky she's old that 1999 uh but she actually died just like four years ago in uh on september 11th in L.A. Yeah, I know. I know. So it's a sideline character. Kept only knew one <laughs> Boy George song. What do you sing when you look like that? But just keep singing Boy George songs. <laughs> and that's, that's actually one of my favorite things. People at the table are like super uncomfortable. They're like, they're like this is All except the this, weird. this person's weird. And then and uh, what's his name? Uh, Buschetti, uh, the guy I always pronounce his name wrong from Boardwalk Empire. Uh, Bushini, Bushini, yeah, right? Yeah. We're butchering the shit out of his name. It's uh, her all, Yeah, Bushini. He turns over and looks at her, and uh, and he goes, "She's Ooh. hot." <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, I like her. Oh, I like her. <laughs> well, he was wasted. He played. He was really wasted good. off his ass on that. Yeah, he played but I like how uh, his friend tries to cheer him up because. You know, man, you need to go on ahead, get back out there again, because everybody's expecting you to sing. You can't just be down in this basement all the time. But I also like the other scene, though, too, where the little boy comes out he, and everything goes, 
and sees Linda because Linda says, look, I can't marry you or anything like that because I, I just came to the realization that I'm going to be married to a wedding singer. Because, well, this would have been all nice if you would have just uh, brought to, that to my attention yesterday. And then she says something else. And he goes, it was it would be fine if you just brought that attention to me yesterday. Yeah. And then you, you hear know. the Adam voice come out. I love I love that yeah. that voice that he has. <laughs> it was he was still developing it. I think back then right. I, I, there was only a few movies in his discography prior to that, uh, uh, that, that he had done. I think um, I want to say that ha happy Gilmore was before the wedding yeah. singer. Is that correct? Yeah, that was before uh, the wedding singer, to be honest with you. And when did, and when did Billy Madison get introduced? Billy was before um, a matter of fact, Billy was actually before uh, happy Gilmore. Oh, okay. Okay. Yep. Wow. It went with uh, Happy Gilmore. Then a couple of years later, it was Happy Gilmore. Then a couple of years later, it was uh, we got introduced into the world of Wedding Singer after that. Okay. Okay. I got it now. Yeah. Because I know that it wasn't really until he got to the back to school uh, movie. Um, wow. I just, Billy Madison. Billy Madison's when he was really using that weird, that funny voice that Adam Sandler puts on. That right, that that sort of, yeah, that that little uh, that laugh that he has and things like that. But then you know, with this guy, with the little boy coming out, goes Linda, you a bitch. <laughs> I oh, had a laugh. <laughs> kind of accent. Where the hell was he from? Linda, right? you a bitch. Oh, uh, we're gonna have him checked out. He, he I think he has Tourette's or something. <laughs> we're gonna have them tested I, i'm sorry <laughs> then after that it breaks into yeah. his friend going down to the basement checking on him and then he goes back to work goes back into doing the weddings and everything and that's when he when a matter of fact julia's sister said looks at his friend and goes what was he thinking about coming back to work this soon and everything uh, you would think that he wanted to have a break, and his friend's like, I don't know. He goes, I don't know what made him do that either. <laughs> he was the <laughs> one who pushed him to do it in the first place, which I thought was hilarious. And then, of course, you know, it's like, hey, you have to be pretty psyched. Your husband got to show up, right? Your, your wife got to show up, right? And then the father's like, hey, buddy, we didn't come to pay you to, uh, to sit here and give you a, our son and daughter of advice. Because, well, I have a microphone and, I, and you don't. So you're going to listen to every damn word I have to say. So exactly. I thought that was actually pretty funny. Um, <laughs> because one more outburst, I'm going to strangle you with my microphone. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So, hey, you've been reading the script, John, I think. <laughs> <laughs> it's just me revisiting and knowing what he says and everything is just very Adam Sandler. Like I said, I'm a huge fan of this film. And of course, I'm yeah. a fan of 80s st retro stuff and things like that. I love 80s music uh, yep. too. So I grew up around the 80s era uh, music and stuff and just gravitate towards it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up... Uh, when when do you say you said you graduated high school? What year? I graduated high school in 2004. I was born in 85. Oh, okay. So that's right. That's right. You were born when I was graduating high school. So I've got you by, right. you're, you're in your, I guess, early, you're in your 30s, late 30s. Right, 36. 
Okay, 36. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Cause I, uh, yeah, I was trying to think of the song. All, these songs were actually being released as new tracks on the radio. And I want to say that the radio stations that played these songs that you hear in the film were in New Jersey were, I want to say WPLJ was one of the more common mainstream rate. Cause nowadays, now it's like pop pop and hip hop and R and B kind of like share. And then you have rock stations and they mostly play rock and they, now it's called, you know, it would be classic rock and sometimes even modern rock, or sometimes those are even separated nowadays where it's just modern rock and new rock. And then the classic rock stations will play the the seventies, you know, the Van Halen's and the, and the Led Zeppelin's and, and all that fun stuff. And then the eighties and even the nineties grunge, but back then, when I was growing up in the 80s, it was one station for all genres of music, period. There wasn't a big separation until for New Jersey, uh, a station called Z100 got its start. And then Z100 played more of that pop kind of club sound. Okay. And they were a little bit more open to hip hop and all that, which you don't hear a lot of that in this film, this film just kind of sticks to the hardcore 80s tracks. But there, there were other genres at the time in 1985. Uh, right. But they're not really covered in this film for obvious reasons. He's obviously like a rock band uh, front guy. He's a rocker. Right. Because remember, Linda says, I can deal with you not being a rock star. That's like towards the end of the movie and everything. goes. Well, you don't have to deal with it. That's not the way it works. And... Exactly. <laughs> you know, I actually like that uh, that line that he said to her and everything. It's like, okay, I so I can just settle and be with you and deal with the fact that you don't want to be a rock star. And being with someone is not about settling with anybody. It's about falling in love with that person and spending the rest of your life with. He didn't want her to be settling or anything like that. And he also wanted to make his feelings be known to her that his feelings are not there anymore. So that was that outcome with that scene. But, you know, I also like the other scenes, though, too, where he's singing Love Stinks. And that's at that same <laughs> wedding that I mentioned. Holiday. Goes, okay. By Madonna was like, my favorite. Holiday. Celebrate. <laughs> we holiday. Took some time to celebrate. Oh, well, let's celebrate. <laughs> right oh god yeah, yeah. Uh, okay now let's cut the cake because i know the fat guy is gonna have right. a heart attack if we don't have cut the cake and the guy's like kind of like kind of mad but he's like Right. But he knows. But he knows it's true. <laughs> right. There's and then a lot. The three students. <laughs> yeah. The, oh God. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that table over there. I bet you they're not getting laid or something like that. And it's like the table of all the ugly people and the nerds. And <laughs> which is the, actually the, yeah. a reference to the Three Stooges, which I thought was funny. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Well, 1985. There were a lot of movies based on 1985 that came out. Uh, much later than that uh, i think 1985 obviously the biggest one that was based in 1985 actually 
closest to 1985 was actually Back to the Future with Michael J. Fox, yeah. of course. Mm-hmm. But uh, Bohemian Rhapsody references uh, uh, 1985. Yep. And uh, Aquaman was 1985. Uh, the Wedding Singer. I mean, The Wedding Singer's right on the list. Uh, there were there were a ton of other movies referencing 1985, Back to the Future 2, obviously. Um, a lot of movies I never heard of. Uh, Rocky. Rocky uh, 4 actually was uh, released in 1985. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I know. So uh, <laughs> I know it's kind of a bizarre twist. We should look at movies that were released at the same time The Wedding Singer came out. So to see what the competition was in the theater. Well, you know, when you look at those big boards and you decide, what the hell am I going to see today? I just randomly stopped exactly. in the movie theater. Let's see. We got this Adam Sandler comedy, The Wedding Singer in 1998. What else? What else was released in 1998? Hmm. Oh, wait, we can get a seat in Saving Private Ryan. Right. Boom. 1998. What, what a competition. Uh, the Truman Show. And 1998 yep. would have been a great movie to go see. Uh, you've got mail. Uh, there's what? two films by, <laughs> by Tom Hanks in 1998. The Big Lebowski. <laughs> Which is actually another one that was great. Huge, huge, huge films. Wild Things in 1998. Armageddon. <laughs> there's something about Mary. This is in one year. One year. I saw the majority of those films in theaters, though, too. I saw The Truman Show in theaters. I saw Armageddon in theaters. I didn't see uh, Saving Private Ryan until I was like a sophomore in high school. Um, Then let's see. Wild Things I didn't see until maybe uh, Netflix and stuff like that. But I've seen The Truman Show in theaters, though. Yeah, excellent movie, especially in theaters. And uh, there was another Adam Sandler in the top 20 in 1998 two movies of course the wedding singer what was the second movie without looking it up what was the second movie that adam sandler released not quite as popular believe it or not in 1998 let's see Waterboy. bam tell him what he's won johnny yeah. yep <laughs> Waterboy. wow and there were so many more there was meet joe black there was uh rush hour <laughs> the original rush yep. hour godzilla a bug's life so deep impact and the list goes on and th- this is in one year. So you can imagine the competition. So the wedding singer took second place next to saving private Ryan out of all these films we've mentioned out of like the top 50 films. It took number two. And yet today's rating is uh, like it's 6.8 out of out of 10, which is really mind blowing to me. Right. I would actually score that a little bit higher than that, to be honest with you, because I, of the amount of laughs too. I got out of it. I understand yeah. that we're like one of the million or two in the million out of the million people that might have liked it, but still it should have been a lot higher than that. Um another thing t- though, too, is let's talk about Glenn, Julia's fiance, who's actually the douchebag Glenn in this movie. Julia? Yeah. He's the Miami Vice wannabe fan that dresses up in cosplay, pretending that he's a um, big, uh, he's big shit when he's really not, just because he has money and makes um, Sandler Robbie makes him look like he's bad, and everything because of the fact that he doesn't have anything, no job security, no nothing. All he has 
This is a wedding singer, and you can even tell he's just flaunting himself around. He's a douchebag. Yep. <laughs> douchebag asshole. Douchebag. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Womanizer, uh, perv, uh, you know, the list goes on. He was definitely not the right person, and I'm glad that we got to see the insight. You can always see, like, this almost, I don't know, there's a little bit of sincerity there in there. There's maybe... 10% of me liked the guy in some way, shape, or form. Like, he he still was willing to, to marry her. So, I mean... Yeah, but... Commitment, <laughs> even though it wouldn't have... <laughs> the marriage wouldn't have lasted, but he was still willing to marry her. So, to me, he was... You know, he, I wanted... I was kind of half rooting for him, like, because I knew he was going to get screwed, because i seen the movie a few times, so I knew that he, right. he was going to... But then... Yeah, he made it easier for me when he started hitting on the uh, looking at the cocktail waitress's ass and uh, and and, and right. making those comments to uh, to Adam's character. You know, before you know it, now he's just proven you know to Robbie what a total douchebag he is, and now Robbie knows what he has to do. I mean, if he's not going to get Julia himself, he's certainly going to break it up. And by the way, uh, Drew Barrymore, my gosh, was we're like practically saving the best for last. Drew Barrymore was so cute in this movie. She had a lot she less than she usually has. Um, and, you know, she has a certain look. Look, not everybody finds her attractive. And I don't use the word gorgeous. I don't use the word sexy when I describe uh, Drew Barrymore. I said cute. She's cute. You know, just something about you her. the girl her, next door. Yeah, the girl next door. It's her personality. I think it's sort of the package. Uh, I mean, she has a giant chin, you know, second to, uh, to Adam Sandler's chin. So I think the two chins would have made it a perfect marriage, you know. <laughs> the two chins, <laughs> two big chins. Uh, hey, two chins are better than one. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, so, but you know no, I mean? so I. It was cute. It was cute. I think that they were uh, definitely destined for, uh, for, for getting together, and it was blatantly obvious in this movie this movie doesn't really leave too many spoilers or too many uh, what's gonna happen next around the corner things it's just flat out goofy comedy uh right adam sandler style so right it's pretty much paint by the numbers kind of rom-com movie that you expect out of it like you know who's gonna get the girl at the end and everything too you already know that there's gonna be some moments where adam sandler's gonna act like an asshole uh, he'll have asshole moments. He's not like a told asshole like um, Ju- uh, Gulia. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> he was asshole pretty like, much around the clock. Right. Yeah, exactly. He just Adam Sandler's character Robbie just has asshole moments, not like <laughs> a total asshole. <laughs> but you know, I also liked how Robbie goes to the bank and he says, "He's like, look, I need a job." He goes, uh, "Well, do you have any experience?" Well, I go to the bank all the time. I have money. Oh, yeah. And guess what? I have and, a bank. I would like to have more. <laughs> I'd like to have more. That's where can you I come least, in. No, wait, wait. Don't. No, wait. Can Can you at least print some business cards with my name on them? <laughs> <laughs> at the time, I'm thinking, uh, have you ever heard of Vistaprint, Robbie? I mean, you know, go out and print some yeah. cards with your name on them. <laughs> Chief Head Executive Muckety Muck. Whatever. I, I, I. He was taking the wrong approach, obviously. He he right. thought that all she cared about was uh, money and superficial. Money and yeah, exa- exactly. Exactly. Another uh, but- thing that I, I was funny, the John Lovett scene cameo in there mm-hmm. too, where 
You remember, Robbie that. wasn't going to do weddings anymore, so he was going to go ahead and get somebody else to do it. And he was so, yes, he was going to monopolize on uh, on his uh, his failures and his heartbreak, and think he was going to be getting all the business. And he was pretty dreadful, obviously. I love that they all sang their own material. Nobody was dubbed. I think my wife asked me. She says, right. uh, she says to me, um, "Is he singing his own stuff?" I said. Yeah, that's that's Adam Sandler singing. Yeah, he could yep. sing better than that, but he's a he's a comedic singer. He's not going to try any harder than that. That's what you're getting. <laughs> it was exactly, it was and that's what, something I was actually impressed with was the fact that John Lovitz was trying to sing his own stuff, and then Adam Sandler was trying to sing his own stuff. You had this kind of thing where two wedding singers battling out for each other on who is going to be the wedding, um, basically who was going to be the person singing at the wedding. But Man. I also liked how uh, Julie goes, well, thank you for your time. You just impressed me to hire a DJ. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, see? See what I'm saying? Yeah. When, I first, when I first started DJing back in the 80s, I, I would get $75 for the night. Right. For the night. For the whole gig. My first, very first paid gig. And I was thrilled to get paid to do it because you always start as a musician, usually. You always start as a, as a musician, you'll start uh, for free. Uh, same thing with a DJ. Suddenly this guy has a huge record or CD collection. At the time for me, when I started DJing, I carried vinyl. I carried crates of vinyl oh. around. Yeah, yeah. And then if you play in a small place, and thank God we have a visual here because my boom is attached to this desk, which is a little flimsy. But to give you an idea, your turntable would be there and the dance floor would fill. And this would start to happen. Where we rocking, yeah. But the bass is just not making it wrong. And then, and then the records would start to skip. <laughs> Where a band, like in the wedding singer, band doesn't uh, doesn't skip. <laughs> right, you know, exactly. All you want, but as a DJ, you have to worry about the floor shaking the table. So I would literally pick up the keyboard. I would actually pick up the keyboard and I would try to hold the record player up with my hands in the air and kind of make it a cushion with my body until the song was done because I didn't want it to skip. So every time a dance floor filled the room, I would have to hold the turntable in the air. This was in the early days. <laughs> That's funny. I can see you doing a DJ thing. And <laughs> oh, my God. I'm just standing there holding the record player while it's spinning. Oh, my God. Just waiting for him to finish, and I'm like, "Hey, everybody out there, hey, having a good time." Nobody's even paying attention to me. They don't give us two shits less. They got drinks in their hands, they're dancing. Uh, so I can I could relate as a as a live musician. You don't have that issue unless somebody trips over your cord and pulls your PA out or unplugs your system. Right. Yeah, it's happened to me numerous times. That's pretty embarrassing too. Uh, and, and then uh, I started seventy five bucks an hour, and then DJs were making. By the time I retired, I was getting twelve to fifteen hundred for the night for for a wedding, for one guy, a one guy wedding, no frills, just with lights and music. That was it. Bands, however, uh, were getting like five thousand per night. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, a good band. So I'm thinking, what do you think Robbie's band made in 1985 for a night? Remember, she makes a reference, uh, Julia, um, not Julia, but his. Uh, ex-fiance makes a reference to his salary in the movie i want to say she says 60 bucks a night yeah which is 
<laughs> was back was back then. You know, I bet it was, it was still not enough. Right back I just said I no. made seventy five dollars in the eighties as a right. That was shit pay. <laughs> right. He should have made at least a hundred dollars. He was the front guy for the band. Right. Although maybe hearing George made it decrease a little bit to where he only paid, he got paid for a little bit. Oh, true. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, you do have to pay him. You know, he did wear a lot of makeup and had hair products and stuff. And he was a high maintenance backup singer for sure. But he did most of the same songs. Yeah. <laughs> but when he played the instruments, he went from, I want to say he went from the, uh, the, the instrument Kenny G plays. Uh, sax to um then he starts to play <laughs> a trumpet or a trombone or something yeah he plays a uh trombone then from a trombone to a trumpet the tr <laughs> like so this guy's just a one-man band i know it was, it was funny it was funny that that uh, bit was actually funny and then of course too you you have um sandler going into the club with um which is actually awkward if you think about it. Where it's the where's Julia's sister? It's Glenn, and it's him going on a double date to mm. enter the club. Which I think is totally awkward. I would actually feel like a third wheel, even though I actually had a date. But it's not the date that I want. It's the date that the other person has instead. Everybody's, so it's, yeah, I, everybody's with the wrong person in that for sure. Uh, it, it, it was a little mixed up and you could tell he was not really interested in her at all. And then she figures it out. She realizes, Oh, you got a thing for Julia in the, uh, in the house, you know? And then he's like, right. no, no, <laughs> blow it denial, blow it off. Nah, it's not true. It's not true. So, I mean, yeah. And, and then, so, so he continues to, uh, to start to realize that this is the one for him. Right. And then also, too, that's when Glenn makes that reference to the wait waitress and everything, too. And also, too, you can actually, you can tell that Julia's not having a good time either. She's just drinking her drink, uh, drinking one drink after another, getting drunk because she doesn't oh, want to yeah. deal with this situation. And, and she did get drunk. Right. I, I think I vomited in my hair. How does my hair smell? <laughs> He's like, no. <laughs> because no, it smells good. <laughs> Uh, that's love right there right so, yeah, I, think, I think i'm with her oh, and here comes funny. glenn and his miami vice wannabe car oh, Do not yeah. uh throw up in my car or anything like that and then that's of course he's about. right yeah and he's also yeah. making moves on the waitress too where he's like that's just some grade a meat right there <laughs> and just making jokes with sandler and and, and Robbie's just not having it. He goes, well, you have to hang it up sometime because you're going to be getting married soon, right? Just no, I work long hours in the, at the office, so I can do this anytime I want. Yep. So <laughs> he just drove it home. Yep. Late. <laughs> hey, I work late hours in the city. Yeah. Mm hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Exactly. So at that point, you know, that's when he said, so Julia's staying at Glenn's house, huh? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> she's, well, I just want to let you know, if you come upstairs, you're going to get laid. And he's like, so, Glenn, huh? And he goes, do you have a thing for Julia? No, no, no. I don't, I don't have a thing for Julia. 
and goes, I just don't like her marrying that jerk off. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But they spend a lot of time together, though, but um, because Glenn just wanted her to plan the wedding while he went off and being a player and everything, too. So there was that. And then I, my favorite thing is when they're trying on the dresses, when the different girls are trying on the dresses and here comes boy George, George and everything with the dress. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but you, you knew that was coming. Uh, you, you just, right. It was almost predicted at some point that he was going to show up there and start trying on ladies clothes. And like I said, he, right. he, he lives, uh, you know, a trans life now professionally. And, uh, so I wonder if they knew then, I wonder if he was the same then as he is now. I mean, or did he, was he still finding his way? I mean, that was a long time ago when you think about it, it was like over 20 years ago. Uh, right. and, I mean, look at how people change you know, year by year, imagine 20 years, what it can do to a person. And, you know, he, he found his way. And, uh, I was thinking about when, when in the film did see, did, uh, Steve Buscemi, uh, get in the band? Was that towards the end? Yeah, that was like towards the end because that was at Robbie's wedding. When That's, he got, right. Uh, That's right. I know we're jumping around, but I, I'm trying to, I was trying yep. to lead up to that, but he eventually was having the wedding uh, to Julia. At least she's not going to be Julia. Gulia. Right. Julia name. Hart sounds so much better than Julia, to be, uh, Gulia, <laughs> to be honest with you. But saying. let's talk about the first class thing. Uh, we can skip around to the first class scene if you want to. Or oh, yeah. unless you want to talk about when Linda shows up. No, you go, you go ahead. You go ahead. If I mean, if I don't know if anybody's... Uh, watching the stream right now or not i know i pushed the uh message out there on multiple occasions over the last couple of days but if anybody had any questions or anything but i i don't know right. if i see them or not like here so we just yeah going. we have two viewers right now but if you guys have any funny moments in two the movie or viewers. you guys or, uh... hey, your friends <laughs> hey your friends this is your opportunity i'm not gonna be doing this on a weekly basis that's john's shindig that's yeah. <laughs> All you have is 15 yeah. minutes with me every week. <laughs> yeah, with me, you get an hour's worth of... An hour plus, and with someone else. <laughs> it's like <laughs> two hours for the price of one. Right. And wait, there's more. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like you never know what's going to come out guy. of your mouth. <laughs> oh, gosh. But yeah. I mean, um car as a shirt. You know, that's... Uh, and it plays. No, I'm kidding. It doesn't play. Um, <laughs> but go ahead. You were going to say. Okay. So basically, Linda winds up coming over. Robbie's drunk. Glenn at that time is he gets in a fight with Glenn over at the bar. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, Linda winds up taking care of him, which she basically pretty much raped him, if you think about it. And yeah, pretty much. Then. You know, she's and then Robbie wakes up with her with his Van Halen T-shirt. Goes, hey psycho, what are you doing? Goes, take off the shirt before um, they break up and jinx the band. <laughs> and so, you know, she goes, well, I told you I was going to take care of you, Robbie. And she said, and he goes, look, I don't. He's basically telling her I'm not into you like I was. But Linda said, well, you know, Robbie, I can deal with the fact that you're. Uh, a wedding singer because you don't have to deal with it. That's not the way it works. 
Exactly. And so he throws her out. Next thing you know, it, you know, he's at this um this other person's wedding, 50th anniversary wedding that he's been helping this little sweet little lady out and everything throughout the whole movie. And so finally, you know, so finally, uh, she's at the 50th anniversary, and Robbie finds out that Julia is going to Vegas to get married. And so he decides that he's going to hop right. on a plane. That's right. And That's right. the other thing I want, the other thing I thought that was actually funny was then they get to the airport and he needed money to get on the airplane. And so he borrowed his friend's credit card. He goes, look, if you do not give me the credit card, I'm going to tell everybody what you said in the bar. And what he said in the bar was all I want to do. I want to, nobody wants to see no 40 year old guy hitting on no, uh, any women anymore or anything like that. All I want is someone that will hold me and tell me that everything's going to be okay. I know. So that was so out of character for that guy, which you made it. That's what made it funny. I mean, the guy's going around wearing a Michael Jackson, Jackson. jacket at one point was wearing the glove on this one hand, which was really weird. <laughs> and of course, Robbie says, uh, lose the glove or something like that. So, <laughs> And then he yeah, makes that said, the moment. Now he can hold him over a barrel for something uh, or under a barrel. I always say over. I guess over, too. If that barrel's filled with acid, that would suck. So over or under, doesn't matter. But yeah, so then uh, I guess he gets the money, gets the ticket. He has to fly first class because there's only one seat left on the plane in first. Now, at this point, he doesn't know what plane he's getting on. He just knows he needs to get to Vegas ASAP and stop this wedding. Right. And then, you know, he's talking about Glenn, about how he wants to stop the wedding and, and he's in first class. And then I like how the plane is while he's telling his story, it goes into an, it was supposed to be another plane and everything the way it was supposed to look like. It looks like that they're both fly, um, not supposed to be oh, flying the same airplane or anything like that. Plane. Yeah, the way they cut it up. So you didn't know that it was actually the same plane. Right. And you know, of course, when Robbie finds out that they're on the same plane, because the waitress said, you won't believe what this asshole told me. He said, I look like great meat and I should be on the Mile High Club. And one of the women, one of the old ladies is like this. He goes, what's a Mile High Club? And Billy Idol's over there just smirking. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and that's when we get introduced to uh, Billy Idol, also in first class. And uh, he gets a little cameo role in the movie and uh it's kind of sort of instrumental in it a bit because he kind of prevents the uh the douchebag from stopping robbie from getting to julia and saying yeah. what he had to say and i think he actually came out singing that famous song now now famous song uh, grow old with you grow yep. old with you yes which i said i tried to play for you the other day and decided to bail on that idea because it's so high up in the air for me. Right. For us, like I said, he sings soprano, and I'm basically on that same line too, where I'm basically bass. Mm. If you think about it, so mm -hmm. that would. So I understand what you're meaning that the song wouldn't have matched that well with the vocals. So, but another thing too that I want to mention though that I thought was funny was when he's telling when. Uh, Robbie's telling the story about Linda showing up in the Van Halen t-shirt. It was like, what? That's just crazy. Just 
and there was like so energized into Robbie's story. And then once they realized that the douchebags on the plane, everybody helps them. The wait, wait, um, the stewardess winds up helping him. The uh, even the passengers in the first class winds up helping him. Billy Idol winds up preventing, like you said, preventing um the douchebag from being with Julia though too. And also too, there's even that reference that um, Robbie makes to Julia about how he knew that Linda wasn't the one because when he was going to the Grand Canyon, uh, he had him sit in the aisle seat while Linda was in the window seat. And he never saw the Grand Canyon before, but Linda had. And yeah. his elbow kept on getting banged up with the Studis's, um heart. Yeah. heart. Yeah. And the same so thing is actually happening with Julia. And of course, she gets slammed by the cart because this asswipe would not give his seat up for her. All he cared about was himself. You know, he lived uh, for me, myself, and I. So, uh, yeah, it was getting worse and worse. I mean, it would have been an extended version of the movie. It would have been him chasing, uh, going through Adam Sandler's character, going through the uh, up and down the strip, maybe in Vegas, trying to track him down or find out what little place they were getting married. I'm sure there's so much that was cut out of the film, but uh, no, it ended on the plane pretty much. I like the with, fact that, to be honest oh. with you, I like the fact that it ended on the plane. I don't know about you, because we've seen that with Wayne's World, where uh, Wayne is going around the different weddings and everything to try and prevent Christopher Walken and his girlfriend from getting married. Oh, and, yeah. Yep. And to do that in Vegas, it's a very hard thing to do. Like they, like, like they said on the plane, it's a hard thing to do, so where would you start at? So I'm glad they didn't do that. I'm glad they went on ahead and just did it with the plane. Because yep. it was so easy. Yeah. And then, of I course. Was... Oh. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, no, no. Go on ahead. Uh, I, was trying, I was trying to find some. Uh, I was looking at some. As you're, you're talking uh, about these scenes, I was trying to find some some insider information on some of the scenes. But I really couldn't, really couldn't find anything that stood out uh i did find something when flying to las vegas julia remarks that she would like to see the lights of vegas from the plane we just talked yep. about that however the plane was a daylight morning flight flying westerly from new jersey so as the flight would take four hours or more even if they would have left new jersey at five o'clock in the morning they would arrive at 7 a.m in vegas time so there's no way that she would have ever seen the lights of vegas <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so even if she got that window seat, she still wouldn't be able to see it. You are, yeah. Well, you can kind of see the lights during the day. So I mean, I've been there many times. So, uh, so near the end of the movie, the pilot tells the passengers that they will be traveling at twenty six thousand feet. So that's above three thousand feet altitude aircraft travel at odd numbers, thousands when on an easterly heading, traveling from Ridgefield. Washington to Las Vegas would have been a Southeast heading. So again, unless you were a freaking pilot, I would have not known that that is not the proper height. So in other words, in real life, this would have been a possible midair collision. <laughs> right. Exactly. Hey, it wouldn't have been a wedding. Nope. There wouldn't have. Nobody would have got married. Robbie would have died. Uh, Glenn would have died. Julia would have died. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it uh, when Julia first, 
first begins speaking, when Billy Idol starts speaking over the plane's loudspeaker, he says that one of the first class passengers, he, uh, one of the first class passengers would like to sing to one of the coach passengers. And Julia instantly appears to think it's that it's her, but she has no reason to think this. And if you look at her expression, she reacts immediately as if she knew it was Robbie on the plane that wanted to say something. And then when Robbie begins to, to sing his song, uh, still in first class, she turns to see the entire cabin of people gazing at her with smiles. The people had absolutely no way of knowing it was her that Robbie was singing to. <laughs> so again, the director took liberties and made it a little bit easier for us. So Exactly. Made it a lot more... I guess you could say that a lot more reality, a little bit more reality for us or something like that, even though we wouldn't have known that it was 20,000 feet. <laughs> it was more because, uh, fantasy than reality, I think. It had to be right. a romantic fantasy, I think. It right. just had to be well, but, to. <laughs> well, don't forget, though, too, we, this is at the time of where we didn't have Google or anything like that to actually confirm how high something was. So we had oh, it based yeah. off the fact that 20,000 feet was actually 20,000 feet, where it wasn't low that low um, at all to where there was going to be a collision. So we actually have to believe in the fact that it was a high altitude versus something that was a low altitude. So <laughs> there was that idea. But still, it worked for during its time, though, in 1998 slash 1985. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, I mean, all in all, nobody nobody hunts for problems in movies. Uh, no. I think there's there's actually there's reviewers that just break down the movie's flaws the whole time. I'm like, okay, that's that's nice. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how long that uh, that series is going to last, but. Every movie has its flaws, but you watch it like you said the other day to me. You watch it for the for the whole film. For right, did it get its message across? Did it get its point across? Did you were you entertained? I think ultimately right. all the all the directors and producers of these films just want us to be entertained. Okay. Are we entertained? Exactly. Are we? Yeah. Does it make us happy? Sad? Excited? Worried? Confused? whatever it's a comedy so it's supposed to make us laugh and it's a romantic comedy like 51st states was which by the way i i liked even better both with adam sandler and Drew Barrymore. i liked 51st states even better because rob schneider's characters when he started getting introduced is fantastic yes <laughs> The whole coconut bit, oh, uh, sharks God. only bite you whenever you touch their private parts. The <laughs> whole entire thing where uh, Adam's pretending that he's kidnapping himself so Drew can go ahead and rescue him, but instead it was the father. He goes, "Hey, dipshit! Yeah, after you get done uh, playing like you're kidnapped, come over to my house and everything." Okay. Exactly. <laughs> so I thought Fifty First Dates is actually my favorite one. My favorite line in that movie, though, is you remember when he has the Sixth Sense videotape, and yeah. well, every day is her father's birthday. Well, Adam Sandler knows that that's her that's his birthday every single day. He goes, "Happy one hundred ninety eighth birthday." <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Only they know that what's going on. Right. 
shut up. Um, <laughs> he was thinking, shut up. I went with the... My other favorite thing is I went with the day, but you know, uh, I my electrolytes was you know kind of low. <laughs> oh yeah, Adam's voice in a nutshell. Well, well, actually, it was the other guy. It was actually supposed to be Drew's brother that talked like oh, that, though. Oh, that's right. Well, it sounded a little bit like Adam yeah. Sandler, man. Right, but yeah, <laughs> oh, he, was, he was special. I mean, it was his day, but you know, my exercise was was low. And then also, too, hey, that has changed since high school. <laughs> so, <laughs> was he the kid? Um, no, I'm thinking of a whole different movie. I thought he was the kid that you couldn't touch behind his ear. So you like freak out if you touch behind his ear. Oh, but that was in uh, something about Mary. Yeah, that was something about Mary. Brother and something about Mary. Yeah, her 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 uh, special brother. brother. Yeah. Okay. Completely entirely. Right. <laughs> but that was a fun movie to see in theaters, though. I'm gonna be honest with you. I remember when I dragged my mom out to go see it with me because I was a kid and it was rated R. Because this movie better be good, or else. Oh or else gosh. Not, or else. So I'm like, well, oh, I don't, no. I don't know when I saw the Wedding Singer, but I'm gonna safely say I probably did not see it in theaters. I probably saw it after it was already released. That particular one, because I don't remember ever going to a theater. I would have been around seven. Uh, well, how old would I have been? Like twenty something, I guess. In nineteen, no, nineteen ninety eight. Oh gosh, yeah high 20s i wow i'm i'm old i was old i was younger <laughs> i was between maybe 12 and 13 when i saw this in theaters to be honest with you oh yeah um, so, so i was definitely older yeah wow yeah oh wow yeah wow i'm getting old holy shit so <laughs> <laughs> like, glad I i'm sorry go ahead no i'm sorry i'm didn't mean to talk over you um but no, what I want to do for you though is real quick, give us. You know how you were talking about the Steve Buscemi scene for the ending, the way yes. it ends. Yes. I'm gonna let you take that one. Where he's actually in the band singing the song. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna let you take that one. He's actually uh, done that in a variety of movies. Actually, um, he can't sing, but he decided to uh, sing that scene and i'm trying to remember the song that he was performing but i can't remember uh as you know i can't remember his name most of the time so how am i going to remember what song he was singing do you do you remember what song it was because i don't i need a hint can you sing it can you hum it in your bass voice i'm trying god i know the song it's uh i'm not going to sing it but it goes into like uh, uh that Hi, hi, hi thing. I forgot what it's called. Uh, uh, let's see if we can see if we can figure this out. I can't remember. That's so funny. <laughs> Poor guy. Uh, can't remember anything about him. I still remember my favorite line from Buscemi was, and it was not in this movie. It was um, somebody said to him, Please get off of the nuclear warhead. And he replies, I mean, I'm just trying to have a little fun here before I die. All right. <laughs> that was in Armageddon because he was in that movie as well. And he <laughs> had a pretty prominent role in that one. And he was sitting on a nuclear warhead in that film. But he has sang in other 
films. He's also sang in other Adam Sandler films. And I can't remember. I had that information not that long ago with me. Okay, so the song you were talking about was called Too Shy. Oh, yeah. Too Shy. Hush, hush, eye to eye. Yeah, yep, yep. You're right. Don't try to sing that song. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. So, again, small role, but big impact. The beginning uh, launched it, and and then he had that little taste at the end, and a few other cameos peppered in there, and and that's it. It's... uh, and then we just move on from him and get into the whole movie. But I'm trying to remember the other movies that he actually sang songs in because I know he's done a he's done quite a few. He was in a few See, other movies. I didn't know that. I, my I very did, first introduction he was, was in Billy Madison. He was in Billy Madison too. He had an even smaller role. Remember, right. he had a uh, list yeah. of people to kill. <laughs> yeah, because he got bullied in school and everything. And he scratched Billy's name off the list. That's right. That's right. Because he called and apologized. Right, he, he just realized he said this, and even know it. <laughs> my very first movie that I saw Bushimi in was Desperado with Antonio Banderas. Oh, that was cow. my first introduction. Oh wow, okay, yeah. What year was that? Ninety-five, somewhere around that area. Wow, he's yeah, he's been around a long time. That was uh, yeah, nineteen ninety-five. That's that's right. That was after he had that tiny little role in Billy Madison. Then he had an actual role. Yeah, and then he started to do a lot after that. I mean, he has been he in did Con Air. He he did oh Con Air God. as well. That's right. That's right. He, he's he, uh, Garland Green. He's been in so many so many movies that his list is just endless with with roles yeah. and small bits and whatnot. And he, he did has the Sopranos too. Oh yeah. That's right. He has these half rock. He directed a Sopranos episode. He directed two Sopranos episodes. Well, uh, he got a lot of respect from me when he uh, when he did Boardwalk Empire because anything based on a true story, first of all, is tricky, and he did a fantastic job on that. So he did. Boardwalk was my favorite thing. But did you know he was a firefighter before getting into acting? That I did not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was a firefighter, and I was like, you know what, you should go into acting. So he started doing theater, then he transitioned himself from theater to doing acting. And also, too, he also helped out during 9-11. Ah. He volunteered himself on 9-11 and rode in the back of a fire truck and revisited his friends from the fire department and helped oh, them cool. during 9-11. Well, that's that's cool. That's cool. I mean, uh, but enough of him. What about Adam Adam Sandler? Adam Richard Sandler was born September 9th, 1966. He's actually a year, uh, well, he's 11 months older than me, shockingly, in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, and then he was, uh, a, 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 uh, his mom, I think, uh, was a teacher in a nursing, a nursery, uh, nursery school. And then his brother, uh, Stanley Allen, was an electrical engineer. And he's of Russian Jewish descent. Well, I knew he was Jewish, but Russian Jewish descent. And at 17. Yeah, Russian Jewish descent. Yeah. And at 17, he took his first step towards becoming a stand up comedian. And he started doing stand up like with the at the Boston Comedy Club and places like that. And I think some of his very, very, very first roles on television were the Cosby show. 
he he was in episodes of the Cosby Show, and they they'll specify the episodes. You can check him out there and kind of see how he found his way. I mean, it, it's amazing tra- tracing it back. So the Cosby Show was obviously all broadcast, so it should be easy to track down uh, Adam Sandler. Yeah, and right. he's still making movies now. He's doing Netflix movies whenever he can. As long as he right. doesn't do Little Nicky too, I'm fine because that was a terrible movie, right. in my opinion. You see, I liked his get this. I actually like his serious roles now. I liked him in Rain Over Me, Spanglish, and Uncut Gems. Yeah, Spanglish. I like him in those. Yeah, Spanglish is really good. Have you seen Rain Over Me? I haven't. It's really really good. It's underrated. No one really sees that movie at all. It has Don Cheadle in it. Adam Sandler pretty much loses his whole family during 9-11, and he's having to cope with it. He's very depressed. Oof. And Don Cheadle's like his only friend, and Don Cheadle's married, has kids, and things like that. He also plays a dentist. Um, but my favorite thing that Don Cheadle does is Adam Sandler comes to his house. He goes, so, do you want to hang out? He goes, I don't know. I don't think I can. And he looks at his wife, and he goes, can I? <laughs> so, oh. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> right, exactly. So, you know, I thought that um, that movie was really good, and then Uncut Gems was really good. No, a, uh, no, I, you know, anytime I, I know a comedian actor or an actor that plays in comedies, like uh, perfect, another perfect example, big, uh, big fan of Jim Carrey. And uh, Jim Carrey uh, has always been funny to me. His whole life, his his voices, his mannerisms, his rubberneck. Actually, his first film was called Rubberneck, and uh, he, he tries to do serious roles like uh, was that Sunshine, Spotless Mind, Eternal Sunshine, yeah. and the Spotless Mind. Too long of a title, by the way, folks. Um, but and uh, I, I don't know. I mean, the movie was okay, but I just can't look at a comedic actor that's paved their way. And then take them serious. And it's just me. I just keep seeing the right. goofiness. I and I could tell it's forced sometimes. I mean, I can never be a real serious guy. I I can never be real funny and goofy either. I kind of I am who I am. I'm me. And I think that for Adam, he is just this dorky, nerdy, goofy, somewhat uneducated. This is his roles. This is what he plays well. He plays a you know, a little bit of a jock, a little, you know, athletic tossed in there. He's done a lot of stuff with with sports and things in his movies. So I don't know. No, that's just me. But I guess I would give something a shot if I could. Um, I, I would try you. to have an open mind. Maybe if they wore a mask right. and I didn't know it was him. <laughs> right. I got your point and everything. So with that being said... That's going to be it for the show. Is there anything else that you want to add for the wedding singer before we go? Or is there anything you want to touch on? No, I, I think regarding the wedding singer, I think that it shocks me how many people haven't seen certain movies for many years. People my age just and, and love comedy and even like Adam Sandler or Drew Barrymore or any of these other actors or actresses. And then they they've never seen the movie. Oh, I just never seen to I don't see it. I never caught it. Go watch the film. See if it's better than a 6.8 out of 10 in your opinion. And then tell John about it on his Twitter channel or tell me about it on my Twitter right. channel. I'm sure he'll have all the links down in there for our, our Twitter channels or your other social media. I but I'd be Speaking curious. Which, for the first time, I would love to watch it with somebody for the first time. That'd be awesome. 
That'd be really cool. Speaking of which, where can people uh, follow you at? Oh, me. Well, yeah. I leave for work about seven o'clock every morning and I take highway <laughs> team. Uh, oh, oh, you mean, oh, oh, OK, yeah. I get it now. I get yeah. it on social media. Yes. So uh, my Twitter page is a uh, <laughs> micro underscore break, the low line, a micro underscore break. And that's where you'll find me, Michael J. Mayone and the micro break podcast. Of course, micro break can be listened to on any uh, anywhere podcasts are, are, are hosted. Of course, on the Google side, uh, Apple Podcasts, and everything in between, my podcast page and all those links you can also get to for all of my stuff is right there in my little blurb on the Twitter uh, page. So micro underscore break, or you can email me if you're interested in chatting or talking about an episode. Eventually, I'm going to have a newsletter too, John. Eventually, because okay. I like what you, I, I like when people have newsletters. Uh, but right now, I don't have one yet. I'm working on that. But you can email me at microbreakpodcast at gmail.com and reach me there. But I'd love you guys to get a listen. It's the podcast for humans with the attention span of a goldfish. Every episode okay. is under 15 minutes. It's uh, it's life. It's it's history. It's uh, it's everything you want to know about the 80s and 90s and what have I you know, my personal experiences, my take on things. Uh, it's very eclectic, as you know. But All right. And you guys can go ahead and follow me at John DiGorio8 on Twitter, or you can just go ahead and follow me at Movie Lovers Unit. Of course, you guys can also uh, go ahead, and if you want to, donate to the page. How do you do that? You just go to the GoFundMe page on the link below. Just donate us just to keep the lights on at Movie Lovers Unite. Another thing, too, guys, is... I'm going to have some more shows tonight. One more show tonight with Mike Perkins. We're going to be reviewing Goodfellas tonight at 8 o'clock Central Time, 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Pacific Time. And also, too, you guys can follow me on Facebook at Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite over there. Instagram at Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite over there as well. For all your entertainment needs and wants, just go ahead go to www.movieloversunite.com. And that's and also, too, we also have a Pinterest at Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite over there. And also, too, if you guys want to, go on ahead and click the link below. You guys can get a 30-day trial period off of Audible as well. So you can get a 30-day trial period. All you have to do is just sign up and tell them that Movie Lovers Unite sent you, and you actually get a 30-day trial. So Indeed. that's what you can do. So that's everywhere that you guys can reach me at. And if you want to, go on ahead and email me at movieloversunite at gmail.com. And that's if you're a sponsor or if you just want to chat with me or anything like that, go on ahead, show me some love right there. Also, too, give me that thumbs up, share this with everybody. And always until next time, guys, bye-bye. Thanks, John. Bye, guys. Thanks. All right. Hey, guys, John here. I just want to talk about something for a minute. We actually have a Patreon up right now in full swing and that is our five dollar a month plan it's called movie lovers classics it covers bonus episodes reviewing classic movies like you're about to listen to right now with the uh little caesar review that we just did early access to episodes monthly newsletters shout outs on the main uh, feed early access to episodes and then we also have all access documentary series review which is ten dollars a month and that includes bonus episodes, Eli Roth's History of Horror, early access to episodes, monthly newsletters, free digital movies, shoutouts on the main feed as well. And then that also includes our classic uh, 
movie reviews as well. And then our $20 a month plan is our VIP movie lover. And that also includes bonus episodes, classic movie reviews, interviews with independent actors, actresses, directors, and comic book writers. And it also includes movie lovers documentaries and early access to episodes, monthly newsletters, free digital movies, and shoutouts on the main feed as well. Go ahead, subscribe to the Patreon. We hope that we'll see you there. And always until next time, guys, bye-bye.